0: Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region.
1: Salam and welcome to Editor's Note. I'm Eir Pinto, and together with me, as always, is TV7 Editor-in-Chief, Jonathan Hessen. How are you doing? Praise
0: God, doing well.
1: It's good. It's good to be here again, and mm-hmm. we have a lot to discuss about. And uh, before we start, especially by talking about our team in, uh, in Ukraine, we would like to ask uh, the viewers to join us in prayer that uh, God will join us in this program, and to really pray for the situation there. Avinu our father in heaven thank you thank you that you are the one in control of all this situation and you have a plan for all these people uh, in ukraine in russia and we really would like those who seek something that they will find you and that you will speak to them and be with them we also pray for our team for our tv7 staff in in ukraine we pray for the people, the staff here in Jerusalem, and the, the viewers back at home. B'Shem Mashiach. Amen. 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 Um, so Jonathan, last program we, we told our viewers that we had no contact with our uh, staff, our team in Ukraine, TV7 team in Ukraine, and uh, did the situation change? Did we have any update from them? How are they doing?
0: No, we have uh, re-established contact quite uh, shortly after the program was aired mm-hmm. and uh, praise God for that. They're, they're doing well, um, some have stayed in Ukraine uh, uh, attending their local churches mm-hmm. on a, a daily basis to, to be okay. together to support each other in prayer and, and worship. Uh, so it's really encouraging to see that. On the one hand, um, mm-hmm. on the other, uh, many of the men have stayed, obviously, and the women with the children have left uh, to neighboring countries to the west in order to avoid uh, the the situation, uh, seeking refuge mm-hmm. uh, when uh, times of you know of course, tumultuous yeah. time, as as we're living in, are striking the cities, and and it is. Uh, becoming more severe, um, but uh, uh, praise God, we know that he still is in control. Um, but it does impact our operations, it does impact uh, our staff. Uh, our director of TV7 Israel News uh, is also Ukrainian. Yes. Um, Origin. Uh, so his mother is there, one of his sons is there. Uh, so obviously, when something like this happens, Uh, ...remaining focused in a very intense environment, regardless of that situation, is not easy, to say the least.
1: Yeah, and even though the fighting does not happen directly in your town, in some cases, then the food supply, the school system... Like, you don't have a routine. So life is still very hard, regardless if, you know, bombs or bullets are flying over your head. And this is something that people forget. Mm-hmm. You say, okay, he's in the in a city that uh, there is no fighting at the moment, but nothing else is working, as usual.
0: Compared to what many people may think, mm-hmm. and there's, of course, a lot of information uh, out there trying to... You know depict the good guys the bad guys and nothing in between Um, honestly uh, You know i've studied russian military doctrine uh, for uh, quite some time and uh, to say the least they're being very held back uh, in their operations they had uh, what uh, uh, a basic uh, term in, in Russian military doctrine, the, it's called uh, operational stop, mm-hmm. where they uh, make an advance, establish parameters, try and uh, reorganize the reality at hand, and then proceed to the next stage. And we can see that being implemented mm-hmm. very, very strictly. Uh, and uh, regardless of whether uh, you know, we look at the current situation on the ground, and we say, okay, the Russians versus the Ukrainians, you know, the Ukrainians have managed to to block the Russian bear from invading Mm -hmm. uh, their country. Uh, I'm very sorry, but when we're looking at the the, uh, military capacity from a conventional, taking out the nuclear dimension, Mm -hmm. from a conventional perspective, uh, the Russians could have gone in and could have done what they did in in certain parts of Idlib or other areas in Syria, where you just carpet-bomb the area until everything is destroyed and then take over.
1: Yeah, they have more artillery, they have more tanks, more better air force. So this is what you mean by conventional conventional, uh, warfare. And um, you don't post much on on your Twitter account, but you did just uh, recently regarding the The topic that we discussed actually on the previous program of misinformation mm-hmm. or too much information, and some of it is used by different players to shape reality in their direction. Mm-hmm. Could you maybe elaborate on on that post and what uh, what do we want our viewers to really look for when they consume information on the situation
0: you know as as I said last program quoting um, Senator Hiram Johnson from 1918. Uh, the first casualty when war comes is truth. Uh, we, we need to understand that. And uh, truth is not in the cards mm-hmm. when, uh, you pl- when you act in a war environment. It, it just doesn't exist because everybody lies, everybody seeks to um, alter public opinion, to try and trigger Fears or concerns or divert attentions to certain things when other things are at play. This is yes. regular tactics during times of war. So, uh, for us to really look at the images, uh, which are excruciating, really to see the uh, targeting of, of uh, uh, civilian, you know, structures and, and all kind of things like that, uh, we need to keep in mind that there is a lot of of fake. Um, representation taking Mm -hmm. place and I'm not talking specifically about the city of Khalkov which is being bombed and is uh, undergoing quite a challenging period of time um, to say the least nonetheless when we really look at at the pictures coming out you know there were uh, planes flying above Kiev from the beginning those videos came out and, you know, when I looked at it, I said, okay, this is a parade formation. It has nothing to do with military formations, you know, uh, during times of war, at least. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we saw uh, strategic bombers flying with, you know, um, air-to-air aircraft uh, uh, slow in, uh following yeah. after those strategic... Bo- this is not formations that a person who has a keen eye for military formations, immediately understands that this has nothing to do with reality at hand.
1: So these footage were taken from a different time and a different place?
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: From parades, actually. (laughs) Like the Independence Day parade in Israel. There you
0: go. Mm -hmm. Uh, Independence Day parade in Israel, you'll see the formation of various aircraft in the sky, and then you'll tell yourself, uh, during a time of war, here we can show that the Israeli enemy is coming, if they would publish this in Lebanon or Syria. Uh, in a future war, uh, people at home would take that would edit that and start saying, "Here you see all the planes and how terrible they are yeah. this happens everywhere, okay so the
1: angle also the angle of of a shot that actually is taking place in the place can be you know can be maneuvered to a different outcome just by the angle, just by the sound mm. so even if it is taken in that place, it can be you know. Resulting as a misinformation.
0: Well again, there is a reason for this misinformation because uh, the first reason Initially was to say here the enemy is coming We need support from our people to stand up and defend and then the next stage is for instance uh, footage that was edited of various convoys Russian convoys being targeted from the air by uh, unmanned aerial systems, uh, that we have that same footage from a number of years ago uh, from the Syrian theater, you know? So there are all kinds of things like that that you look at and then you ask yourself, okay, why do they do this now? It is because at some point, once you rally the forces, you need also to project uh, uh, victories in order to maintain morale. So, there are reasons for all those different things uh, taking place in in the public sphere mm-hmm. um, the The images that are received in Ukraine are very different than the images that are received in uh, Russia and are very different than the images received in in the Western world or the East. Mm-hmm. you know so uh, every area has its own um, Public diplomacy, if you will, in order to try and um, shape public opinion again, in the interest of uh, the regime or government uh, in need of that backing. Yeah. Okay. So there, there are variables here that we need to understand. That's why I always emphasize pray, uh, emphasize pray for the situation, regardless of what you read. That God will intervene. Mm-hmm. That uh, our brothers and sisters, you know, who are living in both Russia and, and Ukraine, should uh, be prayed for. Should be encouraged. Um, we have um, my research assistant um, for Europa stands. Um, they live uh, right now in Moldova. Half of their house they have given to refugees. There are hundreds of thousands wow. of refugees. So half of their house they've given, they're blessing them with food, with with everything that they can. <coughs> Excuse me. The churches along the borders are packed with, um, with refugees coming from all over Ukraine. And uh, these people are truly in need. Mm -hmm. And we as believers should stand together and truly support them, both by prayer, also by giving. Take note also that during those times, a lot of organizations will also exploit the situation yes, for fundraising for all kind of things. Um, one of my detriments is that I always have to say the truth, um, and but I, it's
1: really nice to see. This is one point that I like about, you know, about God that even in these dire situations, He uses this because when people are in need, they seek for him something Mm, bigger and as you said all the churches are now being full and maybe many people are being saved so in the big picture in god's picture you know he cares about our souls about our hearts so many people are being saved because of this uh, situation you know terrible as it is so it's important to remember that god is in control he has a reason yeah well
0: you know uh, again elena told me we give them to drink to eat and the gospel. <laughs> this is what they can give, and and uh, uh, you know a roof over their heads. But ultimately, you know, mm-hmm. these aren't easy times, and we need to understand that whatever we're looking at, um, you know, whether from a geopolitical perspective or a regional perspective or a bilateral perspective ultimately everything taking place is interconnected. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it really is amazing to see how when we look at the Word of God, it provides us with uh, a clear framework mm-hmm. of the signs of the times that we're living in that are falling into place and are truly allowing us to comprehend uh, the, uh, the magnitude of what God's word has, what it holds for us to to understand and to um, be prepared, you know. But because the time is nigh, because the time is short, we should join together in in as one body, you know. Just there are so many reasons to uh, be frustrated with others um, and. Uh, you know, it, it, not only on a spiritual level, but on a physical level, there's so much division because of things that have nothing to do with salvation or uh, crucial yeah. matters
1: even on earth. Exactly, and also these times that, that we see in Ukraine, people losing their houses, their jobs, their cars, their everything, all their material stuff makes us really understand, I mean, what's really important? Where do we put our treasure? I mean. Because God said, well, where your treasure will be, that's where your heart will be. So we really need to focus on the important stuff, Amen. on the relationship with people, on the relationship with God. And uh, these are things that nobody can take from us. And um, But, you know, we talked about the situation, about a lot of information coming out. Maybe uh, our team can put the map on and you can give us an update on what's going on from your sources. You know, I... <sighs>
0: Uh, obviously The majority that we speak about is Either public knowledge or things that are approved for publication mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, there are things that uh, if Something happens, you know in Iran or, or Syria and, and elsewhere will sometimes go deeper uh, despite, you know yes. uh, the, Official the, sources
1: the not allowing or not indeed. commenting on the matter
0: but Ultimately, when when we're really looking at the picture, uh, go back, always look at the maps that um, uh, indicate, you know, where is everything situated, whether it's Russia, whether it's Ukraine, where is Israel, where is Syria, where is Turkey, where is Iran, where is everything going to play out? Ultimately, from our perspective, from a biblical perspective, there are indications, you know, Ezekiel 38, 39, and... Uh, other angles to that as well. But ultimately, we need to understand where everything is taking place. Libya is mentioned, Egypt is mentioned, Sudan is mentioned, you know, Yemen uh, is mentioned also, Jordan, Syria. So we need to see the whole picture and start to understand, okay, why would Russia try to Take over Ukraine. Mm-hmm. What is at the other end? Of course, we don't have the United States here in the picture. Um, it is there, I promise.
1: <laughs> but uh,
0: ultimately, when we really look at the whole picture, we need to understand that there are multiple forces in play. Mm-hmm. Not to forget that at the beginning of, of last uh, year, there was the meeting between you know Anthony Blinken and Wang Yi. They met together, the foreign minister of China, the foreign minister, (coughs) the foreign secretary of of the United States. And uh, during this discussion, the Chinese looked their counterparts point blank in the eyes and they highlighted, look, um, you know, we're pure nations now. We see ourselves as pure nations and let the games begin because we see this as... uh, uh, Strategic competition Mm -hmm. now between the superpowers up until from 91 till 2001 30 years where the United States was the undisputed superpower of the world the Rome of the 21st century Now China came in Mm -hmm. China cannot do this alone Okay, it is thriving based on this world rules Mm -hmm. um, Construct that was created by the West Okay, but it wants to contend now with that and present a new world order, so to speak, that would uh, provide uh, an alternative.
1: For the United States, basically. To
0: the United States, yes. They, they want not only to compete to become, you know, pure nations one against one. No, one wants to take uh, Technically, take over the other. You know, take over uh, the resources, take over. So there is an ongoing competition, and each one has a responsibility for their own people. But beyond that, also for their um, partners and allies throughout the world. Mm -hmm. So basically what was happening there was from this stage, okay, in 2021, uh, China and the United States started to... Be more vocal about. Um, you need to choose. Who are you with? China or the yeah. United States? The East or the West? It was also happening beforehand during the mm-hmm. Trump administration. There was a lot of vocality about that. I know that um, uh, John, uh, you know Bolton and and uh, Mike Pompeo and and mm-hmm. uh, various leaders throughout that time came to Israel. To, to emphasize, look, you, know, you might have dealings on a business level with China, so does the United States, so does Europe, so do everybody else, but when it comes to vital infrastructure, that is our red line. So the United States was all the time making its red lines um, very clear to Israel to ensure that it doesn't cross into a point of no return where suddenly vital infrastructure that turns to China would limit US-Israel cooperation.
1: Yeah, so basically the United States always reminds Israel who's its best or biggest ally. Indeed. And uh, looking at the situation now with the Russia and Ukraine, we see that Israel is still you know, walking a very thin line between condemning Russia and uh, we saw that she actually did condemn the violence, and they really pick the words that they use. How how is it affecting you know the security of Israel when Israel has a border with Russia and Syria? So uh, let me put it
0: uh, out there. I, I've said this before, and I think that people need to understand this: mm-hmm. the deconfliction mechanism in Syria is as much Russian interest as it is an Israeli interest. Okay. Okay. Now let's put this aside. So they
1: don't do us any favors.
0: They're not doing us any favors. Um, if, if they don't want their airplanes and their batteries being shot out of the sky, it's advisable that there'll be a deconfliction exactly. in such a reality. Um, and Israel has precision guided munitions capable of targeting um, installations or whatever uh, in less than a five meter radius. So this will yes. ultimately not challenge Israeli uh, surgical
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, penetration when the enemy tries to, you know, hide or uh, do all kind of different elements in order to, you know, frustrate yes. um, Israel's capacity to operate freely in that area of operation. But i I'd, I'd like to actually go to a meeting that was between. Uh, President Vladimir Putin and President Xi Jinping uh, in Beijing mm-hmm. uh, on February fourth just before <coughs> the winter Olympics, where the uh, at the culmination of that meeting, there was a joint um, statement of about five thousand uh, uh, letters characters and um, the the points that they brought. Up, okay, and, and this was also uh, uh, coordinated and, and formulated by Sergei Lavrov, foreign minister of mm-hmm. Russia, and Wang Yi, the foreign minister of China, um, which spoke about the uh, boundaryless cooperation between the two nations, the interoperability from multiple facets, and uh, condemnation of NATO and its expansion. Okay, the West, of course, and the the joint commitment to advance a new world order based on true democracy, okay?
1: And this is uh, talking by two, basically, dictators. Right.
0: This is, uh, well, you know, you can call them dictators, you can call them tyrants, uh, you can call them brilliant leaders, uh, you know, Everything is right in the ears or the, the lips of the one. Yes, but what, who what, regards what's it as important
1: such. here is that when they decide on a policy, you can know that it will last for a long time. Uh, unlike Americans or, you know, Western democracies that every two, four years, the leader changes. Right. Uh, you know,
0: ultimately uh, in uh, the, the 19th century, uh, and, and we'll get back very mm-hmm. shortly to this point. But in the 19th century, there was Otto von Bismarck, the chancellor of Germany, you know, who was um, the um, the leader of the Second Reich, mm-hmm. uh, who ultimately, initially was also an ambassador to Russia, an ambassador to uh, Paris, France, and um, through uh most uh, Moltken who was the uh, chief of general staff they they managed to conquer pretty much uh, All of Western Europe um, He always said look um, The best thing to do politics and to secure your nation would ultimately Be uh, To ensure that you have the right treaties with the russians mm-hmm. So already back then and before that if you establish the correct treaties with the Russians, you're able to maneuver. They have a lot of minerals, they have a lot of capacity. Of course, the 21st century and the 19th century are two different eras, but there uh, there is still a lot of truth in, in that specifically. But going back again to this meeting between um, Xi Jinping and Vladimir mm-hmm. Putin, uh, Later, it was revealed by intelligence agencies, Western intelligence agencies, even though not necessarily in the West uh, have unveiled that uh, the Russians informed the Chinese about their intention to invade Ukraine. The Chinese asked them not to invade Ukraine during the Winter Olympics. Mm-hmm. because that was already a, a big deal for them, and they wanted Invested, to make sure that they were everything, it indeed. Um, so that concluded on the 22nd of February, and the 24th, we had already the uh, Russian offensive, and then uh, the full-fledged, or not necessarily full-fledged, but yeah. the invasion into Ukraine. This is all part of strategic competition. Okay. When you look at the map, when you look at the picture, you need to understand that territories, controlling territories to establish corridors, ultimately as part of this competition between the West and the East, trying to control the world's resources to establish the the guidelines, the rules-based order, uh, based on their interest uh, in accordance with their morals, their norms, their values, uh, some of which may be democratic and others may not be. You know. So uh, this is a, a clash of civilizations, of cultures, of, of perceptions, of realities that ultimately impact also the peace of Israel and the peace of Jerusalem because Israel is very much a part of this. Okay? When the Islamic Republic of Iran looks at Israel specifically, mm-hmm. uh, it, it just sees it as an extension of the United States in the Middle East. Yeah. So do the Russians and so do the Chinese, okay? So, uh, and Israel makes it clear every time, also in meetings with their Chinese counterparts or the Russian counterparts, we can be great friends, but the United States is our key ally. Mm-hmm. Um, another key ally, Germany. Uh, you know, just last week, Olaf Schultz came here just for a day and a half um, to show support and, and stand with Israel, something that, you know, Israel takes very strongly. And uh, other countries throughout the world who are building uh, a special relationship with Israel. But ultimately, the times ahead are going to be very tumultuous. We are going to see developments from the current state of play, Mm -hmm. and uh, we are living in an age of strategic competition. So when we pray, we need to understand that we pray for our leaders, Mm -hmm. that we may live a, a holy life, that we will have the capacity to do so, that we'll be able to bless our neighbors and our surroundings. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, God is still in control.
1: This is all the time that we have for today. Thank you, Jonathan. And thank you, our viewers. If you have any questions, feel free to send us a comment, an email that you can see on the screen here. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Editor's Note.
0: Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.